One of the best feelings in life is feeling anchored. When the waves of life come, you stay confident, stable, and secure. So how do we stay connected in a world full of distractions? We think honest conversations can help. I'm Allie. And I'm Lemmy's. Two friends who just want to chat about how to be our best selves. Thanks for joining us. This is Anchored in Life. Balance. Balance. Why are we doing this on a Monday? (laughs) Start a new work week on the right foot. Today, as Lanice just said, the topic is balance. So that's across our different spheres of life, which are many. Work, family, friends, self-care, maybe the hardest one of all, and lots of other things. So this is something, the last podcast Lanice was complimenting me that I did it well. And that was, if you haven't listened, that was finding your community. This is one that I think Lanice does really well is balance. Hmm. She'll probably have some things to say about that. Yeah. And I think this changes throughout your life. Of course, family, no family, married, not married, significant other, all those things. They take up your time, but we're going to talk through it. Let's first talk about prioritizing family time versus friend time. And we're going to talk about guilt a lot, I think, in this too, of the guilt you feel when you take too much time for one thing over the other. So, Lanise, do you have bullet points or a way that you can articulate how you prioritize the family time, the friend time, and the you time Hmm. to avoid guilt, I guess, is the goal. Yeah, I don't have mom guilt, and it's hard for me to understand when others say that they have mom guilt. What is mom guilt? So I think mom guilt, think as though if they were to spend time on something other than their family, that they're less than. So for instance, if I were to go out and have coffee with you and leave my daughter at home, I'm somewhat feeling guilty about that because I'm missing that time out with my child or I'm not with my husband. And I don't have that. And that's not to say that I don't prioritize spending time with my family because I do. I guess I just, I had a really good example. Um, So my mother raised me by herself. She had the help of my grandmother up, up until she died. But this is a woman who had two jobs. She had a daughter who was very, (laughs) let's just say curious. (laughs) (laughs) And she always found time to be there for me, be at my various activities for Girl Scouts, for theater, uh, for debate, athletics, cheer, extracurricular, taking me to different camps fun family trips. And she also spent time with her friends. And I think the way she did it, she included me oftentimes. So uh, two of her best friends are my godmothers, Sharon and Karen. (laughs) Oh, that's easy to remember. (laughs) Yes. A lot of times I would be with her if they were going out. Um, And Karen has a daughter who was a few years younger than me. So that worked. Uh, Sharon had two older children. I just had a really good example. And the only thing that I would say I 
I struggle with is the new environment that we have now. And I don't want to veer too much off subject, but I see a lot of younger moms making it more of a priority to not try to do everything. Mm -hmm. So from my perspective, I'm not going to call in sick. I'm going to go to work and I'm going to figure out how to take care of my child. And I'm also going to figure out how to make sure that my child has dinner, has an activity after school, and has some time with me to do homework. And then I'm going to find a little time at night to slip away to relax for myself because that's what my mother did. Mm -hmm. She did it all and she did not complain. I don't know how healthy that is because you're constantly going. And I see a lot of younger moms now saying, well, I can't do that. I, I need the break. And what I struggle with is being frustrated <laughs> with them. The only guilt I can say that comes up in my life would be not spending time with my husband or neglecting something that I shouldn't be le- neglecting in my life because of something else, like spending too much time at work versus myself or something like that. But what I'm finding, because I know you so well, and then I I have some close friends who are the same way, it does come down to personality a little bit. Mm. Because some people, I I don't think you are either, and I'm not not a people pleaser. I was not raised by one. (laughs) I don't think you were either. (laughs) I don't have many of them in my life. I get frustrated by them sometimes because I watch them choose something they don't want to do just because it's somebody else's desire and not their own. And I get frustrated by that. And if I'm close enough to them, I'll be vocal about that. So the people pleasers, for those listening, I know there are many of you or Enneagram twos is another good example. You have a hard time with this because you do care. You're so kind and you do care so much about other people that their needs do trump yours a lot. I think there might be more work to be done there that's conscious for those types of people, but I just can't step into those shoes because I don't have that helmet on. I The guilt I feel is being selfish. And I get this all the time mm-hmm. as an only child that I think the assumption is that I don't know how to be anything else because why would I know how to share? Why would I know what it's like for someone to be all in my space? I didn't have that. And I'm not going to pretend like I know what that's like because I didn't have anybody else around. It was just me. But it does depend on how you're taught and what you're taught is okay to do and and not to do. And my mom was hell-bent on me not being a spoiled brat. So (laughs) I think she might have swung the other Mm -hmm. way a little bit there. And I have watched her, like you just said, I have watched her choose work, yes, but then be with her girlfriends and go to the gym and all of those things. I've watched her do that as a strong woman. And so in my head, it's like, of course, I'm going to do that too. Why would you go do something you don't want to do? That just makes no sense to me. But then the power of relationships, right? You get to see what other people are thinking. And I watch other people struggle so much with that. And the the mom thing of I'm just going to say no, no, no to all these things because I need to be home. I think like we've talked about on other episodes, you have to decide what's important to you. 
if that's what's important to you in the moment, then you need to keep choosing that. But you can't keep lying to yourself that you don't need time with other people or you don't need to go to yoga or you can do yoga at home because it's the same. I think there's compromises you can make with yourself, but you also have to sit down and be honest with if you could do anything with these two hours, what would you do? Mm-hmm. And then do the best you can to do that. We don't all have that luxury because we have to go to work, but there are snippets of your day where you can. I think it's important to remember that you can't pour from an empty cup. Yeah. And prioritizing your needs actually makes you a better mother, a better spouse, a better person. Mm-hmm. You know, taking time to recharge just allows you to be more present when you are with your husband or when you are with your children. And those are conversations that need to be had. I think deep down, we all want to be accepted. And that gets in the way of understanding what our own needs are. So you got to set those boundaries and those limits. When it clarify your priorities, schedule your time accordingly, and learn when to say no. And that leads to another good point of involving your partner. So I think my mm-hmm. husband is my indication and my compass of knowing when my cup is empty. You can be moving so fast in your life that you don't even know you're running on E until you drop something and it's like the world has come to an end or all of a sudden you have to take someone to the doctor or your dog to the vet and it's like completely up ending your entire life. You know, you those moments where I'm acting so dramatic about this one thing. Those are the kind of moments where I stop and go, well, obviously I am not okay. (laughs) And I need to figure this out because this should not be upsetting me. I should be able to have moments where unexpected happens and I don't freak out. That's my Mm -hmm. indication. That's how I function. My husband, If I snap at him, if he is some reason just extremely annoying today, it's usually not him (laughs) doing whatever he's doing. Mm -hmm. I have to, he's kind of my North star of why did that, why did what he say make you so annoyed or why is him just being around you annoying you so much? Is that an indication that you need true alone time? So I have to really think about, have you taken time for yourself? Have you gone and had dinner with a friend and talked to somebody about what you're feeling. And he is helpful in that, whether he knows it or not, sometimes there's a conversation there. I think I've discussed this on one of our episodes. When we first got married, I had all the time in the world because I didn't have a job when we first moved here right after we got married, but he had been working in his job for three months already. So he comes home tired, doesn't want to talk to a soul. I have been home all alone and I want to talk to everybody on the planet. So that mix didn't work because we were getting mad at each other. I wanted to talk. He didn't want to talk. And I thought he was, he hated being married to me because this is, you know, the first month of marriage, we would tell each other how much battery we had left at the end of the day. So We could text each other in the middle of the day if we needed to, if it was that bad. But you know, you get home and you say, okay, I'm at 10%. And then he go, okay, well, I'm at five. (laughs) And it's not like you're trying to, you're not trying to trump each other or anything. I think there's mutual respect, but that just means, well, either we're not cooking 
Or if we are cooking, it's me because I have a little more energy left and we're probably not going to talk for a couple hours while we both recharge because we're both introverts. So talking is not a recharge mechanism for either of us. Mm -hmm. Well, then you have the days where he's a 50, I'm at 80, or we're both just both 90. Okay, well, do you mind making dinner then so that I can blah? And it just starts the conversation of, okay, now I know where you're at. He is a really intense introvert, so I have to I take his a little more seriously than than mine because I can recharge faster and easier than he can. So that has been so helpful. That's how I involve my partner and avoid overburdening them because when you don't ask or you don't have some sort of indication where you can tell each other these things, just because you're overwhelmed and stressed doesn't mean they're not either. And of course, in life, it happens where you both are at the same time. (laughs) That's just how it goes. And because you guys are both dealing with the same things, usually, if, if Phoenix is sick, that, that bothers you and Dylan, you know, so you both might be down that day, but you have different jobs. You have other environmental circumstances that are different. And if you don't have a partner, I would do this with your closest people, the ones that you may talk to every day or every other day. Just they they know what to give you or not to give you when you need it. Because I find when you don't do these things, you push people away. You do. Yeah. And that's not what you need. And sometimes it can be your spouse that you're pushing away because you're so frustrated, but you're not communicating. And it Mm -hmm. is important to let whomever the other person in your life is, that's going to feel as though they're getting less from you because you're prioritizing your health. Um, You just need to communicate. And I think it's great that you and Nathaniel came up with that system um, because it sets the tone. You know, this is not about you. This is about me. And so I don't make it about you. We're going to set a benchmark. Mm -hmm. So we know where we're coming right when we enter the conversation. People ask me all the time, so how do you do it? How do you balance? And I recognize I am very fortunate. I think when God made me, he made Dylan, and he said, he's for her. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because I can be a lot, and he is the most, and he has the patience of Job. He is just so laid back, so chill, very supportive, and he understands that I need my time. I need time for me. I need time for my girlfriends. I need time for my family. And I need time with just him. And he gets that. We had a conversation last night because I do think it should go both ways. And so we had a conversation. I asked him, when are you going to go on a guy's trip? I make it a priority to take two trips at least a year to hang out with my girlfriends. Um, And you've not had the opportunity to do that since before we were married. You know, and I could just see his face just light up. You know, he was so excited about the prospects. He's like, well, we're working on it. We're going to try. But I think that it's important for women to have that conversation with their spouse. And like you said, too, you can mention it to your other friends who are moms and they're doing it. No one just woke up one day and just had the perfect formula. We all had to work through it at some point. And when you share that information with others, you know, it's a good thing because you could be helping someone else too. And the one thing I do want to tell people listening, validate your feelings of guilt. Don't just push it away. You know, you don't want them to control you, 
but you do need to understand and accept that emotion because it's coming from a place of caring. One of the hardest parts is if you have a scale, but it has not just two ends to it. I think that self-care, maybe this is just for women, I'm not sure, but I think self-care doesn't weigh as much as the other things. So it's the thing that gets dropped easiest because, oh, it'll always be there or I can always do that later. Whereas commitments or soccer games or work, of course, those have times and there's a start and a finish. That's what I feel when I'm looking at a to-do list and Mm -hmm. I'm searching for balance. Balance is all about all three, four, five, six things being even, right? Which means, do you prioritize them at the same weight? I think it's getting better. And I think self-care, I think we might be tipping the scales a little on the, on the other, the other way now where self-care is everything like you were saying in the beginning, but am I weighing these things evenly? And if not, why not? Because one question I have to ask myself is why are you scared of self-care? Why do you not want to go near it? And and what was your answer? Well, because I don't like my own thoughts. We've talked about this before, I think, on one of the early episodes. I like to always have my mind occupied because my thoughts scare me. But the reality is that's all made up because when I actually do have silence and nothing distracting me or I go to counseling, my thoughts are actually fine. I don't know why I think they're going to scare me. I have a fear that I'm going to think of something that I need to do that I don't actually want to do. And then it's going to weigh on me and I'm never going to do it. And then I'm just going to feel guilty about it. This is a stupid example, but like you really do need to clean out that one closet. That's like the closet that catches all the things. Like if that thought pops in my head, it's like, I don't want to ever do that. What I need to do is just unpack that and go, okay, well then don't do it all at once. Maybe when your mom comes up, she'll want to help you because she loves cleaning. Or, you know, it's like when you actually rationalize it and look at it, look at it in its face and put the light on it, it's actually not that scary. I think women might be a little worried that when they have self-care time, it's going to make them think about things that they haven't thought about in a while. And that might be Mm. a little scary. And there's nothing wrong with that. It probably is scary. But when you're by yourself, especially if you're an extrovert or something, or you like to be around people, the self-care, which self-care doesn't have to be alone for me that it is, but it's what's going to come out of this self-care. Am I going to have this epiphany that I'm blah, blah, blah? Hmm. Yeah. I, I wouldn't put an expectation on it because uh, sometimes it's a gradual effect. I mean, you don't leave self-care moments worse off. I don't think, I don't think I can give you an instance where I was like, well, that was a bad way to spend my time. (laughs) Unless it was fishing. You know, someone asked me to go fishing. I'm sorry. It's just. (laughs) I I won't do it either. I can't. I can't do it. If you like fishing, I am amazed by you. Just really, I am. Yeah, I'm not amazed. I'm traumatized. (laughs) You live in a big fishy having place too. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. And my daughter likes to fish and my husband likes to fish and my son likes to fish. And then there's me. (laughs) Let me ask you this. Do you think achieving true balance across all areas of life is possible? 
I don't think it's possible all the time. Mm, how do I put this? I'm trying to glass half full this <laughs> instead of do the thing that I do, I which is glass half empty. I am a realist. I think you will be disappointed constantly if you think that it's possible all the time. But I do think that it's possible. You just have to understand that it's constant work. Mm-hmm. But when unexpected things happen, you, you, you cannot control 100% of your life. So if you get off the horse a little bit and maybe you don't do your yoga or you don't go to counseling for three weeks or the things that were anchors in your self-care or anchors in one of those buckets – if you drop a couple of those, you have to understand that you're going to be out of balance. Now, if you're cognizant of that, then I don't think it's going to cause problems, but I think people underestimate when you get out of your routine or you don't do those things that you think you can just postpone, that everything's going to be fine and then you run into issues. So I think it is possible if you're consistent, which is the rule for all good things, right? For exercise, for eating, When you're consistent, yeah, it's possible, but life doesn't always let you be consistent. So understanding what do you need to do to get back on the horse? I think it can be discouraging. It takes a lot of energy to get back Mm -hmm. in balance. So how out of balance is this going to make me and my life? Do I understand that sacrifice? And then what am I putting in place to get back into balance? I always think about this. My with my car. Like, why are my tires always out of alignment? It drives me nuts. But it's because I run over things and they make my car out of whack. And I got to go and it's not that big of a deal, but I got to go and get them back into alignment so that my steering wheel doesn't shake. And sometimes it's six, eight months and sometimes it's six weeks. And at the end of the day, that's what it takes to take care of my car. Because if I don't do that, my car is not going to last as long and I would like it to last as long as possible. So I don't have to pay for another one. Mm -hmm. I think it's the same thing. When you feel out of whack, do you fix it or do you ignore it? And how long are you willing to stay that way? Do you know it's temporary or when you're ignoring it, are you making the problem worse? Yes. Most of the time. It was a good answer. I mean, there's no wrong answer. Going back to what you said at the very beginning, it really depends on your personality. And I think it also depends on what your priorities are. So when you look at the aspects of your life, you have relationships, you have work, you have your health, and you have personal growth. Achieving the full harmony or perfect balance in all of those areas, well, you can sometimes. And then there are going to be some times when you won't. And that's just life. It's full of complexity. It's not going to be perfect. You're not going to have balance all the time. But when you reflect on what brings you meaning and health and supportive connections, that will help guide you, I think, towards that harmony. It's one of the reasons why I love meditation. Well, you can't go a whole episode (laughs) without talking about journaling Meditation. Well, Somebody keep track of this for me, please. Uh, go back and listen. Just write just down. <laughs> Honestly, those are the keys. You know, because if I look at where my balance is off or my scale, using your analogy, I would say it would be for personal growth and work. Work is really high. Because of that, personal growth is lower. And I would like to see more balance there. 
priority. People have an issue when you say that in the plural form because a priority, the definition of it is that there's one. Mm. You just mentioned it. Work trumps personal growth. Is there always going to be a number one bucket in life? And then you're just trying to balance that with the others? Or do you feel like they can be equal weights? Can work mean just as much to you as the others? I think that there are multiple priorities. Everything that I listed, those are of priority to me. And there are going to be days where it's going to be more important that my health is a little higher on that list. But they're all a priority. Well, it's why you and I prioritize this time. It's not exactly easy for two people with busy lives with a time change miles and miles apart to talk for 45 minutes. So Lanise and I have decided that this is one of the things that is in our self-care bucket and it's important for our friendship. And we would love to know what you want us to talk about and what you want us to unpack with each other. So in the comments, you can DM us as well on Instagram. Just let us know what you want us to discuss because no, there's no shortage of topics, but we don't want to be the brains behind them all the time. So you're the listener and we want to hear from you and put a review in there as well because it helps with the algorithm of the podcast platforms as well. Yeah. The the whole reason we created this, this podcast was to just be better versions of ourselves. We've got such a great friendship. So we're just trying to work through it all and help some others along the way too. It can be hard, but that makes it more rewarding. So yeah, thank you guys for listening. And we want to acknowledge the hardness and not avoid it or ignore it. So that's why we're doing this and hope you will join us for all the next episodes too. If you haven't listened before, we have other episodes. Please go listen to the one about community because I think that ties in really well with this one. It was the one we did before this and we'll talk next time. Until then. 